Welcome to Word from the Mountaintop, a weekly inspirational podcast brought to you from the Mountain Luther Parish. Today's Word of the Lord will be shared by Pastor Jason or Pastor Jess Felici. This is the Gospel of the Lord according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that in your names are written, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is the gospel of our Lord. <clears throat> Will you pray with me? Lord, help us to see the whole picture. Not only the good news, but those who bear it, those who bring it. Help us to remember that written into the good news is our own name because of your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. All right. Usually, Mary, we have a children's sermon where you come up, right? But the beginning of my grown-up sermon, I'm going to need some help, and I bet that you will know some of Okay, so I'm going to have you help me with this part. You can say where you are, but I'm going to have you help me because I bet we can trick the grown ups with some of these questions. Are you ready? Okay. <clears throat> Who can think of a hymn with the word angels in it? Okay, angels from the realms of glory. Angels from the realms of glory. Angels from the realms of glory. Do you have one? She does. Are we here angels? Ah. Hark the herald angels sing. Right? How about go tell it on the another next word? Mountain. Over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. The shepherds fear and tremble when low above the earth. Sprang out the angel chorus. See, I didn't even think you were going to have to think that hard about the second verse of a Christmas carol, did you? <laughs> How about um, the angel Gabriel from heaven came? Do you know that one? No, that's in your blue hymnal. That's that's one of our that's one of our hymns. And if you ever want to hear it sung by a famous person, Sting sings a really cool rendition of that. Okay, we have all these songs about angels. Some of them we know. Some of them we shake our heads and say, the pastor's song on the rock, or just singing another song, right? We open with a hymn, and I hope today that everybody was like, I know the tune, but I don't think I've ever sung these words to this song before, right? Angels are a tricky story. 
There's all sorts of visions that we conjure up when we think about angels. Maybe you think of the cute little kid in the Christmas pageant with the, the wings that keep shedding feathers all over the church as she walks around, right? Or maybe maybe you think of the collection of, of little <clears throat> dolls that you've gotten from the dollar store or from a secret sister over the years, a secret Santa that kind of collect dust on your mantle and you don't really notice them until you have to dust them. Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe when you think about angels, you think of John Travolta in that movie Michael, that smelly, stinky man, right? <coughs> None of us shares one collective vision of angels. There's so many different ways that we think about them. But today, in the church calendar, today is a special holy day. This is Michael Moss. Have you ever heard that word before? It's not a word, it's not a term for the day we use very often, but I think it's such a neat way to think of this. It's got some weight to it when we call it Michael Moss, almost like Christmas, right? Like, like this important day where we talk about Michael and all the angels. We read from Revelation about the angel Michael fighting with the devil himself, falling from heaven. These are not stories we talk about on a regular basis. In fact, you hear your whole life from people about how to have polite conversation in society, right? You're not supposed to talk about religion or politics or money. These are the rules about how to engage in the world. But if you ever find yourself in a conversation that you want desperately to get out of, if you are stuck in the corner with somebody at a party and you do not want to be in this conversation, the fastest way out of that conversation is not money, religion, or politics. It's to bring up angels, demons, or the devil. <clears throat> There's no faster way out of any awkward moment than to turn it as awkward and embarrassing as you possibly can. And I think, I, I think that it's true for us that not just... Not just Lutheran Christians who sometimes get uncomfortable talking about our faith out loud, a place that we need to work on growing stronger in, right? But, but I think it's true for most Christians that because we all have different ideas of what an angel looks like or, or what angels do or their role in Scripture, that we just don't want to talk about them. I think, too, we don't know what to do with that. Where in Scripture do we see angels show up? Can you think of any stories in the Bible where there's an angel involved? Jacob's ladder. Jacob's ladder, right? Lo, I looked, and there they were ascending and descending from earth to heaven and back, right? How about, how about the story of Abraham, where these strangers show up, and it turns out that they were angels, and they delivered the news that his very, very, very old wife was going to have a baby. Okay. How about the opposite of Sarah? Man. Young girl. Minding her own business. An angel Gabriel shows up and delivers the news that she's with a child. And not just any child, but the savior of the world. No pressure. Right? How about the, the bookend of the story of baby Jesus? We see an angel in the empty tomb, right? When the women show up with their spices, there again is an angel. Angels seem to be in the margins, on the, on the borders of our stories. They're never the, the very prime focus, right? 
when we think of the birth of Jesus, the first thing we think of is not the angels talking to the shepherds. It's the babe lying in the manger. But there are angels all over the margins of these stories delivering good news. And that was the very role of an angel, is to be the messenger of God's word, to bear God's word into the world. And so we have this this day in the church set apart for us to talk about angels. And really, it's kind of like talking about Aubrey or Bailey's, right? It's, it's like talking about the one who bears the news, the one who reads the news to us or reads the weather to us on TV. We don't pay attention to the person who's delivering the news. We pay attention to the news they're delivering, right? And here we are. So let's do it. Let's talk about angels. We have these ideas of what angels are, but the very most prominent thing that angels say when they arrive on the scene is this very important phrase that I think helps us to, to repaint how we think of angels. What is what is the sentence? You know, do not be afraid. So our angels usually, when we picture them, or when they're sculpted, they're these angelic, you can't use a word to define a word, they're these feminine, right? really soft, beautiful creatures. But do the soft, beautiful, feminine people in your life have to greet, greet you with, don't be afraid of me? <laughs> Not usually. Not usually. It's, it's the burly, like the hulkish figures that show up that, that they, they have to prove that they're not intimidating, right? And that's what we have, this idea of this feminine and soft creature that's maybe not very accurate. That Michael and Gabriel and Uriel and, and the heavenly chorus that greets the shepherds, that, that the first thing they say is, Don't be afraid. It seems to me that angels might sometimes have quite an impending, imposing presence. Angels, too, bring us good news. They bring us news of what God's will is or what God is up to. What angels are not are the people who have been plucked off the earth and taken to heaven. How many of us have heard that terrible phrase, well, God needed another angel. So he took your loved one to heaven. People aren't angels, right? At the very beginning of the creation story, the triune God is in conversation with the heavenly realm, talking to the angels about creating the world. And so we have the world started from nothing. When the waters are separated and the heavens are separated and land and then animals and then humans. Right? It isn't a process. You don't become an angel when you die. Angels are messengers that come between God and humanity. So what do we do with them? These intimidating, imposing creatures that greet us with, don't be afraid. I think we have to jump into Revelation, a story that we heard Beth read for us about Michael fighting with the devil. But before we can have that conversation, we need to talk about Satan and the ways that we have perceived Satan over the generations of being God's people. 
In the very beginning of creation, we don't see much conversation with or about Satan at all in the Bible. And in Hebrew, that, that phrase, hot Satan, that, that phrase about Satan, it means less a personified person, an evil person, and more the enemy, the opposition. And, and that phrase is used to talk about people like kings who were dangers to the Israelites. People like enemies of war. Okay? So start to think in your head as we talk about Satan or the devil, of, of the opposition in your life. By the time we get to the book of Job, we see that the devil is, is somebody who has thoughts that keeps testing Job, probing Job, to see if he will change his mind or change his ways in understanding how good God is. Right? But then there's this enormous shift that happens in an intertestamental period. If you're ever on Jeopardy, someday, someday, if you're keeping notes of all these Jeopardy lines, you just pull out your notes on Jeopardy, and you're going you're gonna to blow them away, right? Intertestamental means the space between the Old Testament and the New Testament. There's a period of time that isn't represented in our scriptures. This, this space, that's that's where the Maccabees happened. And the Maccabees is where Hanukkah is born. Right? This, this celebration that we all have on our calendars for our Jewish brothers and sisters. And in that space and time, there's a shift in the understanding of quite what Satan is or who Satan is. And Satan becomes like a dragon, like a serpent. So that by the time we get to the book of Revelation, where John of Patmos is telling us what he sees in this wild dream, where he finds Michael wrestling with Satan, Satan is a dragon. Satan is a serpent falling from heaven, and, and good and evil are battling as they fall from the sky. Now, somewhere between the Revelation and the 1500s, around the Reformation, Satan takes another turn. How do you see the devil portrayed in comic strips and political cartoons? What do you see? Horns, a tail, a trident, right? And what color is his skin? Red. That's nowhere in the Bible. It's not there. Now, I've never seen anybody, aside from maybe Sleeping Beauty, portray the devil or, or Satan as a dragon. But that, if you want to personify the devil, that is the closest personification of Satan that we have in Scripture. So you see how our minds start to kind of play with us when we think about this This holy, angelic realm and, and this evil, scary, satanic realm, that we start to allow ourselves to paint pictures that aren't even in the scriptures. <clears throat> but what is? What is there? Is the promise that we find from Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. The promise that we are written in eternity through the Savior. We are not to rejoice that we are plagued with evil. That there is 
evil in our lives. If there's addiction that we battle, whether it's addiction to technology, which we see in our younger generations sometimes, or, or addiction to substance, which we see in all generations in our area, or addiction that we have to gossip, right? That even when we try to separate ourselves away from talking about other people, that talk still finds us. There's evil in our lives in every way. And whether we see it as a dragon or a serpent, or we just feel it as this ominous presence of the opposition, it's in our lives. But through the power of Jesus Christ, we have the power to overcome that, to step outside of that, to say, I don't have to be controlled by this thing that is trying to oppose me. We are to rejoice instead in the fact that we are written in eternity, that our names are written in eternity. Whether angels look like winged beasts, like scary men, or or whether they look like little little girls dressed up for the Christmas pageant, right beside the little kid with the pigtail and the little nose taped to his face, or whether angels blend in with us, like it says in Scripture that we are to never fail in showing hospitality to others, because in so doing, we may just entertain angels. Whether angels look like the dolls that you have to <clears throat> dust on your mantle or your counter spaces, or, or they look like stinky John Travolta's third cigarette in the scene from Michael, right? Angels bear God's message for us. Into the world. And so whenever we see good news, whenever we hear good news in our lives, maybe we stop and look around. Maybe, maybe catch a glimpse of the heavenly realm right there around us. There's plenty in the world to be afraid of, whether it's actual dragons or, or demons or just the opposition that is always present in our lives, pulling us away from what God wants us to do. May we watch for the glimpses of God's messengers in our lives. May we rejoice that we need not fear any of it, because our names are written in eternity.